Lord bless you. All of the men and women today here in the reflection, we shall be learning each day more on how to behave or act in the path of the Lord. The brothers and sisters have many questions, so many questions for their daily lives. They write me many questions. While we have the opportunity to answer, I will answer your questions. So today, I will be giving a Q&A and praying to our Lord so that He will manifest and do miracles, marvels, healing, signs that we so want for our Lord to manifest Himself in our lives and that He be merciful with all of us. So be willing in your heart for the Lord. And perhaps these questions that some ask may be beneficial to you. To me, they may seem simple, but I know that it is important for the spiritual life of each believer. There's a question, as I said last week. I think those that ask the questions are those that are newcomers to the church, those that are new, those who are just tuning into the reflection. They ask a question. Is it correct, correct, in the light of the Bible, to see TV programs or TV shows where you see the personal life of the people? Hollywood gossip, all of these types of shows. I think that's the question. Well, I say to you that Each person has their own criteria, and that is how you feel, how each person might feel. There are people who like to hear or see cultural programs, technology shows, and there are others who entertain themselves with gossip, with knowing the life of others, with humor, so many things. And that is what you like, what you choose, and how you feel watching these programs. Do you feel good? Do you feel bad? That is each person's decisions to choose what they see or watch. If you ask me if I would be watching these type of gossip shows, I would say no. It's not of my interest to watch these type of shows. I see something different. The Bible does not mention it is a sin or not, these things. The Apostle Paul gave advice regarding exercise or sports, and the Apostle said, all of this exercise or sports, all the exercise done is of no advantage. What is advantageous is the spiritual life, to learn the doctrine, to how to behave in your life with values, qualities, virtues, to do good, to do what is right, giving good example to mankind. That is important. So all these little things are of no value. We're not going to prohibit for you to watch or listen to these programs, but it is simply how you feel. If you feel comfortable watching them, or fine, and if not, then change the channel or look at something else or listen to something else. Fine. There is another question. 
The persons ask me different type of questions. Questions about their daily life and questions sometimes about the Bible. This is, is a biblical question. What is the function of the prophet? And what is the function of the apostle? The prophet can be a man or a woman that the Lord gives this gift. In the man, it is called a prophet. In a woman, it is prophetess. If they are in the church or in a congregation, they are working, laying hands, prophesying to the people. And as well, the people look for them to ask for advice. The Lord gives revelation. They give advice. They teach. They guide. The believers pray for them for healings, revelation, many things. When the Lord wants to speak to the people, the Lord uses them. This prophet or this prophetess, they may be believers. They perhaps do not have a position in the church, maybe not on the pulpit or have other roles. They're there as believers. They have these gifts and they serve in the spiritual aspect. This is the prophet or the prophetess. While the apostle, the apostle as well has the spiritual gifts. The prophet has all the spiritual gifts. But the function in the church, the apostle, with all these spiritual gifts, he has a physical material task. He's an organizer, maybe administration, physical of the church, maybe a leader. He has the ability to choose pastors, to assign pastors, moving pastors from one location to another. Maybe he does uh or giving orders or positions, administration orders, physical monies. Maybe this is what the apostle does. He is one that guides or leads, maybe like a boss, a person who is a main figure and has this task in the church. So he makes decisions in the churches when there are those who are not in discipline, who are not doing things correctly. He has the right to tell them, do not come to church, move to this location or that location. You preach here or there, move. This is what the apostle does. He as well assists in governing, let us say, a chief of sorts in the church, directing, supervisor, guiding. This is what, what nowadays people sometimes call the spiritual leader or the board of directors. And they make decisions. Decisions, you can say their help that's needed. You can assist this family. We can do this or that. Make all these types of decisions. This is the apostleship. We should go by the apostles, for example. Paul, he gave orders. He taught the other preachers, the pastors, how they had to conduct themselves in their daily life, how they had to teach and preach. They were there directing and guiding, leading, correcting, governing practically. That is the difference between apostle and prophet. Regarding spiritual gifts, they both may have the same spiritual gifts and be used by the Lord. Another question is, in the gospel, are we automatically Levites, priests, and kings? According to Jeremiah, for they asked me a question in Jeremiah 33, verse 17, 18 to 22. And they ask, what is the function of the priests and the Levites, for example, today? And 
Today, we, the believers in Christ, the followers of the gospel, the Bible states that the Lord automatically made us or forms us as kings and priests. The priests are the same Levites. So we today are Levites. We are priests. We are kings, spiritually speaking. We serve the Lord. We are believers. And what is the function? The task is to receive the spiritual gifts and work these gifts in the church with the laying on of hands, prophesying, working the spiritual gifts, praying for the people giving advice, preaching, teaching. This is the task of the Levites or the priests and the kings today. They had a different physical function in the temple to make the sacrifices. But today we are, each one is a living sacrifice for the Lord. And we, as these Levites and these priests, we are to administer to the Lord spiritually and the gifts. Very well. Another question as well. They ask a different type of question that is different than what we spoke about. In what moment or when does a man and a woman, are they in fornication? Or in what moment is a man or a woman in adultery? So if a man or a woman, they say they fall in love and they unite as a couple and they have intimacy and they live together. They love one another. They fell in love. And for different circumstances in their life, they do not celebrate a marriage or they don't have a ceremony. They decided to move in together. They live together as husband and wife. They do not need to have a document to say they are married. In that moment that they unite as a couple, the Lord sees them as husband and wife. This is why the Lord said to the Samaritan woman, you have had five husbands. What does that mean? That she had lived and co-inhabited with the five First with one, then the other, and the other, the other. And they had lived together as a couple. And the Lord said, you have had five husbands. So the Lord sees them as a husband, for they live together. And they have that relations. So if that couple, for example, he, if he goes and lays with another woman, he there then commits adultery. Because he is not respecting his spouse or his couple saying when he said, I love you, you love me, we love each other. So we're going to form this relationship and we're going to go live together. They are not respecting that vow for that simple fact that they didn't sign a document. He thinks he is free so he can go sleep or lay with another woman. That is a sin because that is adultery. Adultery is not only when you sign a document, but the commitment that that man and woman make together when they move in together or they live together as a couple. So he committed adultery. Very well. The woman, the same thing. If she says, oh, well, since we just live together and we're a couple, but since I didn't sign a document, we don't have any contract of marriage. I can go be with other men. I can go sleep with other men. She commits adultery for she is not respecting that partnership or spouse regarding fornication that means a man he begins to sleep with one woman and another and another and another and he has no commitment with any of them simply he does this being promiscuous that is called fornication 
The same thing with a woman. If she, for example, she says she has a boyfriend and she sleeps with that boyfriend. And then, okay, they break up and she found another boyfriend and she gave him the opportunity and she slept with him and then another boyfriend and she slept with him and there was no commitment. They're not living together. They're not a couple. They're not in a household together. And she says, oh, I'm single. I'm free. I simply have a boyfriend whenever I want. That is fornication because she does so with every other one without a commitment. So you see, you do not need to sign a document. So the commitment that a man and woman make together of giving an oath to one another of love and respect, this is what God sees. This is what God requires in this man and woman that they respect if they have united together to live together as a couple. So respect one another. Do not commit adulteries and especially not fornication of going there, sleeping with one and another and another. This is what you call adultery and fornication. I hope that I was clear. Very well. Another question that is uh, of a sensitive subject, but very well. I would suggest possibly to go to a specialist. There's a question that asks, to what point should a woman accept certain things in intimacy from her husband? And gives the example that in Romans it states, the apostle says that for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. Men and women, he gave them over to vile passions. Exchanging the natural use for what is against nature. Based on this verse, to what point the woman should accept thir- certain things in intimacy from her husband? That verse has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it for when the apostle states that the Lord gave them up to vile passions, the natural use, implying that the men exchange the natural use instead of looking for a woman to make her her spouse he looked for another man and the women did the same instead of looking for a man to have a marriage to have a household or a couple to live with a couple he she looked for another woman so men with men and women with women this is what it means that he gave them up to vile passions exchanging the natural use. What is the natural use? The natural use is that a man has to marry a woman or a woman has to marry a man. When I say marry, I do not mean sign a document. I mean to be intimate together and that what it means to marry. So this is what that means that exchanging the natural use. So let us also realize that there are men and women or human beings let us speak in another way. Human beings who are together or are who lay with beasts or animals. And when they do this, this as well, they exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Because the Lord said, men are with women mankind separate from beasts and animals he gave this instinct so we have heard and we know that they are human beings that have they unite or they lay with beasts or animals that truly is against nature men with men and women with women what 
a marriage in a couple, I don't know what she wants to say when she asks or what the husband is requiring from her in the intimacy. I think the husband and wife should love one another value and respect each other and I think if they're both together it's because they love together and they've lived together it's because they made that commitment and they accepted each other mutually so I think that I'm not sure what she means when she says he requires certain things but what I believe is that between the household between the couple who are husband and wife who love one another and respect each other i think that everything is valid because there is love and respect and affection and each one gives to each other in love and they turn they give to each other in value and love now everything else let us not mix this verse with romans and to go against what is natural use and this is why the lord gave them over to vile passions remember this is orgies remembers all of these disorderly passions that mankind has begun to do and all of those atrocities all those things and we know who are participating in these things even with animals people lay this is what it means the apostle in that verse so for the rest when you have a doubt or a worry pray to the lord and ask the lord to teach you to teach you what is correct so the lord will teach you i know the lord teaches many people how they should act in their life so that each one will feel happy with themselves and no one will think oh my conscience is judging me my conscience oh i feel bad i feel uncomfortable no the lord teaches so the Lord is power and he can do all for you. Trust and believe in the Lord. Very well. Let us reflect in a few verses of the Bible. Let us reflect here in the first epistle of John, chapter one. First epistle of John, first of John, chapter one. Let us reflect upon the Lord. Verse five to 10 verse 5 to 10 let us reflect upon the lord who is an apostle of our lord jesus christ the beloved apostle of the lord and the lord is light and john is giving testimony to all the people all the believers those that were listening to him and his preachings and the teachings and he preached and he said to the people that he with all the apostles have been witnesses to the Lord, have been witnesses for they have been with the Lord. They had walked with him. And this is why he says, this is the message which we have heard from him, from the Lord Jesus Christ and declare to you that we have heard from his own lips, the message, his words of life his word of eternal life, his calling. And this is why we are announcing it to you and telling you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Meaning in the Lord, there is no lie. There is no fraud. There is no mistake or error, but that he is the light, that he is the truth, that he is who gives eternal life. It is to he who we follow, worship, praise, and glorify. He is the truth. In verse 6, if we say, 
the apostle says to the people, if you say that you are believers, you are those that follow the Lord, that you are persons who know the doctrine, who have the Lord in your heart. This is what you announce. But here, look at what he teaches. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, meaning walk in sin and disobedience of the Lord in ignorance of the true path of the Lord, we do not recognize the word, the doctrine, the teaching. If we do not recognize the Lord Jesus Christ, who he sent for salvation, then we are not light. We are walking in darkness. And either way, falling in sin, committing sin. If we walk in darkness, since he is light, we lie and do not practice the truth. But we do not need to walk in darkness for if we say oh I know the path of the Lord and I am sinning and I am committing wrongful acts I cannot say that I am with the Lord that I have a union with the Lord because I am a liar I am someone who lies so we lie and the truth of the Lord is not in our heart to walk in the light is to do the will of the Lord, to fulfill his commandments, to learn his doctrine, to worship and glorify the Lord, recognize the Lord, and to continue forward in that righteous path, giving good testimony. That is to walk in light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Here we see that there was a group of persons who were with the apostles saying that they were in the truth, that they were living in the light and the word of the Lord, that they had the Lord. And this is why they did not need to hear the gospel. They did not need to hear the preaching of the apostles. This is why knowing that they were lying, that they were not sincere. This is why he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess if we acknowledge our sins, he, our Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it's when we are sincere and we recognize the Lord that we have been failing before him. So he begins to be merciful with us, cleanses us, delivers us, and takes us to his light and we begin to live a holy life that he wants. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us because they said, oh, we have not sinned because we have been fulfilling the law of Moses until today. But they said, you have sinned for you are rejecting the son of God. You are rejecting the Savior, the Messiah, the messenger of God. So that is sufficient that you feel that you are sinning and failing before the Lord. So therefore, the Lord is not a liar. For the Lord said, all have sinned. All are removed 
from the glory of the Lord. This is what the Lord said and did. And this is why the Lord says they have all sinned. And this is why the Lord Jesus Christ came to cleanse and forgive those sins, the people, so that the people can enter into the glory, into the kingdom of God. This is why it says that he says that he has not sinned. He's a liar. He is judging that our Lord was a liar for he was the first that told us that we all have sinned and we are all removed from his glory. So the Lord then in his mercy, he has rescued us and we, we have to give thanks to him for he has had this mercy upon us and he has removed us from this darkness into his light and he has removed us from the slavery of sin to take us to freedom and in this way to have us and we can have union with the Lord. This is my invitation as well to you, those that tune in, read the Bible, read the Bible with all of your heart and reflect upon each word and each phrase and think and analyze every word retain it in your heart in your thoughts and ask the Lord to help you to understand and comprehend so that you may be a true man and woman of God may the Lord bless you greatly let us now pray to our Lord blessed heavenly father thank you I thank you O Lord in this moment for the opportunity that you give to be here, thousands of people perhaps, teaching them your holy word, reading to them the scriptures, these marvelous scriptures that you edify every day, and you edify them every time that we read them. You make them a reality, a truth. You manifest yourself for these scriptures have many promises and here they speak of your manifestation. And it is this way, O Lord, you fulfill, you fulfill, Lord, all of your marvelous promises and all of the scriptures. They are being enlightened by the Holy Spirit in the heart of those who read with all of their heart sincerely, those that love you, that follow you and search for you and want to please you. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you for this privilege that we have before you. Thank you, O Lord. Holy Father, I ask that you hear the prayer today, that you look upon the knees, the afflictions of the people, that you extend your healing hand upon all the people who have an illness, that you cleanse them, that you deliver them, that you... Have mercy upon them, heal them, give them another opportunity of life, O Lord, so that they may know you, so that they as well may repent and follow your path. Lord, give them another opportunity, extend your hand, do miracles and signs, deliver and rebuke and remove curses and spells, remove witchcraft from the enemy, destroy the work of the enemy. Holy Lord, all of this we ask in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved son, for he be the glory, the honor and the praise for now and evermore. Amen. Glory be to the Lord. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Let us sing to the Lord a chorus, a new chorus. It is a new chorus, but I know you're going to learn it very quickly. Chorus number 203, I Have Great Joy.
chorus 203. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Si Cristo me salvó, de gozo me llenó. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Si Cristo me salvó, de gozo me llenó. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Si Cristo me salvó, de gozo me llenó. Gran gozo tengo yo en mi corazón. Blessed and exalted is the name of the Lord. We thank our Lord for this marvelous opportunity. I love you. I care for you in the Lord. Continue forward. Be courageous and continue strong as soldiers of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you until the next time. I love you.